Well, hello. It's great to be back. And on the new People's Internet Radio, I've got to thank Vinny for doing this for us tonight and uh, giving myself and Bill Maloney the airwaves for as long as it takes to get the information that Bill and Chris Fay have. So I've got Bill Maloney on the line. He is with uh, Chris Fay, a former NAPEG worker who was uh, working with children in care uh, during the 80s when all of this scandal um, was happening there and then and Chris has been exposing it and dealing with many of the victims from Elm Guest House and other children's home across the country. So, Bill, how you doing? I'm doing very well, Lou. Um, it, it, it's good, I, I, you know... Good, so, um, you came on the, well, so you, this morning you were on the UK column. Um, you were only on, we, were only, we only did like a 10-minute interview and there's so much more to say. Um, we're starting mm-hmm. off, let's start off with this government reshuffle. It's all happening right, well, overnight. Yeah, well, uh, you know, it's um, what the media are saying. It's um, to to give it vibrancy, to pick it up and put some women in there, you know, um, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, we believe it's because of um, William Hague and um, Kenneth Clark's involvement with um, child abuse, shall we say. I think I can safely say that, Chris. Yeah, so these are the famous Dolphin Square parties and uh, also the stuff that was in the papers over the weekend about the party conferences. Yeah, I think this morning, Lou, when we were talking, um, I asked the, um, the, the, the listeners to look at um, Sunday's Mirror because um, that mirror. was a... Yeah, uh, no, the Sunday Mirror. This Sunday this mirror, Sunday yeah. just gone. Yeah, and, and and I would like to ask you all now, those that haven't seen it, to read that article. It is very important. Um, and William Hague was named in it. Well, not as a paedophile, but he, the, a witness said he was somewhere he shouldn't really have been. He didn't understand why he was there. Um, also, we believe... Um, can, can I go into the main thing, which is about Sloss, the inquiry, you know, the, the lady who was... Um, taking the chair and has now stood down. Um, we don't trust um, the establishment, the institutions, to do um, an independent inquiry. Um, after all, how can we have people that are still within these institutions doing an inquiry for us, victims and survivors, and also um, it is still happening now, and we've never trusted them, They've always treated us, um, I, I don't know what to, how to say how they treat us, it's a, you know, to say dogs, are, you know, I don't want to bring anything, any other um, living thing into this subject. And I, me personally, I believe that this government is coming down um, and I think that Craig has got some uh, questions to answer. And I think that Cameron has got some questions to answer. In fact, I think they've all got questions to answer and um, the one thing that's not being reported while it's in my mind Jeffrey Dickinson is the guy who handed over the files that have gone missing is the guy that handed over the files um, that have gone missing and um, yeah, he's dead now isn't he he's dead now but what, what, everyone's talking about the files but uh, Jeffrey Dickinson there's a piece of footage going up Chris and I we're going to do another update um, and it'll be up by the weekend and we've got a piece of film footage of Jeffrey Dickinson talking about ritualistic satanic abuse within government, within Westminster. That is what they're not reporting. They are not reporting. Yeah, Chris, do you agree on that? I do. And we'll also uh, be naming the names that were in Jeffrey Dickens' report, the ones that have got lost. Uh, the Home Office may have lost them, but we haven't. Um, the purpose of what we're trying to do is um, we want to have our own inquiry. It will be an independent inquiry, but we will still have barristers on it. Um, an independent it, panel. An independent panel. Panel. Sorry. Oh, sorry, sorry, Chris. Panel, yeah. yeah um, also, there should be um, uh, survivors on that panel, um, and um, we're just trying to put that together now. Um, and we're, there's a possibility that there's a national newspaper that may support us on it. We've been talking to the nationals. We've been having quite a few meetings, Chris and I. Um, because of some of the stuff that's coming out. Um, what else? Well, it's just that, really. It has to be a panel of inquiry because any other type of inquiry, judicial or uh, one formed by the government, would have to be judge-led. And I thought one of the interesting things that has happened in the last week is the fact that 
finally, I think, Cameron, May, and all the rest of them are beginning to get the message. Because the moment they, are, they announce, oh, we'll do an inquiry, what they did was immediately go to the default position they've done for the last 100 years, was look round, oh, who's a safe pair of hands? I know, Butler Sloss, she did Cleveland, let's get her. But then she did not understand the backlash, the enormous backlash that came out of victims. And it's taken over, what, two weeks to get the message that safe pair of hands is no longer acceptable to people. Mm. It's got to be a clean pair of hands. Mm. And where are you going to find a clean pair of hands in the establishment? It's as simple as that. Well, yeah. where, where, where are we going to find a clean pair of hands? It's even the way they're reporting this now, this reshuffle. David Cameron saying it's to make the, the country vibrant and we, we need Europe or we don't need Europe or whatever other bullshit, excuse the expletive, um, you know, that, that they're coming out with and, and that's what it is. But what we, have to, we all have to remember is that it is not just this government. We have to go back to all the other governments. We've got to go back to Blair. There was a lot of shenanigans going on in the Islington case. And for, Lambeth. And, and Lambeth, Chris says. Uh, um, uh, and, and many more, mm. and many more, Chris. Yeah. Um, I mean, but we, Bill, sorry, Bill, uh, Blair, was in, uh, Blair was the one who orchestrated the close down of Operation Or, wasn't he? Yeah, he was. Yeah. yeah. Chris, actually, while you're there, while you're there, just for the listeners, because Bill's been on my show regularly, um, can you just very, very, very briefly just talk about your time at NAPEC and what you did and the type and, and the type of kids that were coming and, and speaking to you? Uh, because that was sort of during the 70s and 80s that you were an advisor for, for the children at NAPEC. Yeah, I, I, I was an adult advisor to NAPEC. NAPEC itself was a group countrywide made up purely of of kids who were in the care system. So the management committee of NAPIC was made up exclusively of kids in care. And although we were uh, based in an office in London, uh, we would be dealing uh, with kids from children's homes all around the country. We'd have young people coming up uh, from the streets. We'd have runaways from care, you know, over the years, hundreds of those. So our job would be basically to try to listen to what they had to say and try and make their voice heard in terms of making a formal complaint about their treatment or having been abused, uh, which inevitably sort of the default position of social services departments would be denial and cover-up. Mm-hmm. So it would be trying to get the, their complaints properly investigated, and that's basically all we did. It's, it's, but at the time, what, 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 you, you clearly... Did. Sorry? No, I, Sorry. they didn't. They didn't do anything about it back then. Do you know what happened to the evidence that you were putting forward? Mar- Margaret, Lou, Margaret Thatcher was given evidence as well. Well, right. Margaret Thatcher was given evidence. Don't forget that. Yeah, I mean, don't forget. I mean, if you're talking about the young guest house, yeah, uh, in back in 1980, the raid was carried out in June 1982. Now, back in 1990, we knew for an absolute fact that on the 25th of August, 1982, the Prime Minister had been given a briefing at Downing Street. It was her. Uh, it was back then they used to have um, what was called the Security Subcommittee of the main cabinet, which was Prime Minister, Home Secretary, and the Attorney General. And they were given a briefing by both the Metropolitan uh, Commissioner of Police, McNee, and the head of MI5. Now, at that meeting, they were briefed a full report on what had happened at Elm Guest House and the MPs and other people in high places who were found there. They were also told about the seizure of that tape uh, at Dover from uh, that tricker guy, which uh, contained uh, a tape with uh, Leon Britton and young boys in it. That was was a VHS tape. Yeah, Yeah. and also about another of scandals. Now, they've always denied that. But if, if I uh, know somebody who has access to Mrs. Thatcher's personal papers, and the most noticeable thing, the only day in her entire political career that she took off was the 25th of August, 1982, where she had a hairdresser at 8 o'clock and a dentist at 6. Now, one of the key issues that came out over the weekend in the Mirror Stuff was that former policeman and the former civil servant who both say Mrs. Thatcher was briefed. That was that meeting. Mrs. Thatcher knew everything that was going on on the 25th of August, 1982, and she's covered up from then on. 
like they all did, because that's when this cover-up, certainly over on Guest House, and a lot of the MPs who were in the House of Commons, that's the date it all started from. We also have to look at Tony Blair, Jack Straw, Gordon Brown. You were saying about um, Jack Straw. Well, seriously, I mean, I mean, seriously, Lou, Lou, we're talking about the Islington case here. We're talking about kids being brought out to Jersey. We're talking about uh, what Chris and I have been trying to do. The torture it, then in Lambeth. Yeah, the, the Lambeth police station. Yeah, the torture then. We're, what we're, Chris and I have been trying to do is to sort of, rather than smash it to the public, you know, because they, they, these are harrowing subjects and it's not a horror film. It's true. This is true what has been going on. Children have been killed. We had Michael Swimpton, QC, ex-member of MI5, talking about Ted Heath having children on his boat the morning cloud and members of the crew killing the children and throwing them overboard. I don't think that the, 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 anyone up to about maybe the age of 30, 35, they can't really understand how dark those days were. They were very dark. We never we had little communication. It would take you hours if you wanted to go from London to Brighton or something. You, you know what I mean? Places were so isolated. We never had the population in this country that we've got now. Up north, the, the, the poor kids up north in Scotland as well. You know what I mean? This is not just about down here and Westminster. This is about the Scottish government and this is about the Welsh government. It is rife. Wakey, wakey. It is rife. And today's victims are tomorrow's witnesses. Now, those ones that were clever enough to get rid of their victims aren't being exposed. But the ones who never got rid of the victims are being exposed because at the moment we are having a tidal wave of victims coming forward. And God bless them for that. But we want a tsunami. And so, yeah, go ahead, Lou. Yeah, there was a report uh, the other day, I think over the weekend as well, about a um, a witness that they found in America who did try to come forward uh, back during the 80s, uh, but now has fled to America and uh, isn't speaking. Have you? Do you know who this guy is? No, unfortunately, I don't. Right. Oh, I, okay. No. I mean, I'm not surprised. I mean, hang, hang on a minute, Lou. Let me just say something. Hang on. Yeah. Uh, yeah, the only one I can think of um, is, is of course, the uh, son of um, Carol Kazir, who owned the guest house. Owned guest house. Uh, he would have been about 10 when it was raided. So I gather, yes, he, he moved to the United States and he's running quite a successful business over there and has built a new love for himself. And, well, and one, thing, one thing I can say, on a tactical stance of a lot of these victims, um, the stance uh, quite a few of them have, have to take, is because of the age that they were involved. Now, these kids, they, when, they, when they were kids, they were schooled maybe from the age of eight, and then they became rent boys, and then possibly they had to do things. They were made to do things. And then with their drug addictions, etc., etc., they would go, they would become, some of them would become perpetrators. There's no, no two ways about that. And it, whether perpetrator means just um, going and procuring other boys for, for the ring that they, they were brought up in or that they were involved in. So, you know, we have a, a problem with the age, with a lot of these, the, the, the very powerful witnesses. Um, so, you know, that's why I was advocating, I, I, I've made a film, um, people can just go on the PMS films and if they check out Amnesty for Whistleblowing Pedophiles, now, Amnesty for Whistleblowing Pedophiles is a bit of a roundup of the work that Pymash Films have been doing on this subject. But the idea of Amnesty for Whistleblowing Pedophiles is it will cause mayhem. It will cause mayhem amongst pedophile rings. So, you know, we have to have the police call them informers, grasses, whatever they use. That's what we need. We need them, and then we have to show a leniency to these the people that do this. But we're looking at very, very powerful people. And again, I would just like to reiterate, Lou, um, to, to the listeners, to check out um, this Sunday's um, Mirror. Last Sunday. The, the Sunday Mirror, the, the last Sunday's uh, Mirror. And that story will tell, and I think for most people, that, um, and most people will realise when they read that, that that is what's happening with the reshuffle in government now, because they have to get rid of 
Now, the, the thing is, there are some, there, there, there are some that are leaving that were involved, but there are also some that were leaving that are not involved. And we believe that those ones that were not involved were there to make it look like it wasn't just all that was involved. So we can't say that because of this reshuffle or the, the outrageous allegations that have been coming out um, about against our politicians and leaders of our country and the people that are supposed to be uh, looking after our children and our mums and dads. Don't, let's not forget the old people, etc., etc. They live in a, a very strange world. A very strange world. When we were talking about pool parties in the in the Sunday Mirror article, the witness is talking about um, um, boys being procured and pool parties where members of Parliament, lots of members of Parliament and others, were walking around naked, all men naked, or just with a towel around them, and young boys as young as fourteen would be um, dressed as waiters, you know, swim trunks and um, like bow tie, and they would be supplying the drinks. And then there were other kids. And then we're, we're talking about going in, um, into parties where long corridors, tops of hotels, um, where the whole floor was taken up, cocaine in every room, young boys, um, film being taken, um, whoever was doing that. Can I just add to that? Uh, just to say something, that people talk about the Geoffrey Dickens dossier as if it was just one collection of papers that was handed over to the Home Secretary. That is not correct. Geoffrey Dickens in 1983 and 1984, in fact, handed over three dossiers. The first dossier, which is the one that, that's currently the subject of all the hoo-ha in the House of Commons, was the one about the pie membership and exposing people in high places. But there was, a year later, in the Kinkora debate uh, in the House of Commons, Geoffrey Dickens got up and he actually talked about, never mind what went on in the past in Northern Ireland, he asked the Home Secretary, what are you doing about children in care currently being abused? Now... I've known from a couple of sources, and indeed Andrea Davis, has, um, I think who's well known to you and your listeners, has confirmed it uh, to me recently, that the children's homes to which Geoffrey Dickens was referring was the North Wales children's home. So the, the government, the Home Secretary, members of Parliament were well aware of what was going on in North Wales in the early 1980s. And what the victims were saying there, again, what Geoffrey Dickens tried to back up, in a report he gave to Thomas Hedrington, who was the Director of Public Prosecutions, about the so-called Westminster Eight. Those parties at Dolphin Square that Bill's talking about, children from the North Wales care home were being brought to London for these parties. That was the point Geoffrey Dickens was trying to make back then. And so people shouldn't forget, it's not just about one dossier. This is three dossiers they've managed to lose spanning a period of two years. That is, that um, is Chris, Chris, were they all handed to Leon Britton? Or did, or did mm. Leon Britton have access? No, two of them in the House of Commons were handed to Leon Britton. The third dossier, the one on the, so, the, the so-called Westminster Eight about the parties at Dolphin Square, that was handed to Thomas Hetherington, who was the Director of Public Prosecutions at the time. And also, um, what, what I'd just like to throw in, um, the... When we do, with this investigation, victims will be offered um, a lie detector test on their allegations. Now, as we talk, there are 12 police officers in this country being taught to use the lie detector test. Now, the lie detector test has been used in America for 25 years. They're using it at source at the police stations. Now, the Jeremy Kyle show... We see families decimated via the lie detector test. Now, Ofcom, which is the governing body to um, well, we oversee, know <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. We, we, uh, the overseeing body for all broadcasters. The only thing that people they don't oversee is the BBC. Surprise, surprise. You know, um, where was I going with it? Part of the establishment. Sorry about that. Yeah, yeah. So, oh, sorry, on the Jeremy Kyle show. Yeah. Now, the, the decimation that is caused um, because of the results of the lie detector test, they come out, the audience, if they fail the lie detector test, the audience, they just take it, that is it. Now, 
we're, we're going to use the lie detector test with our victims and, uh, and survivors that come forward. So when you come forward, we will ask you that. And um, your perpetrator, if still alive, will be offered the lie detector test as well. Now, I'm not, I can't name our lie detector tester um, at the moment um, because he's going to be part of this inquiry. And um, uh, he is one of the best in the world. Okay. okay. And he... He's offering, he's offering, Lou, his services for free. Wow. Now, there's a lot of serious people. We've got barristers as well that have come to us. We've got serving police officers and police officers that have retired that have come to us. But at the moment, we have a security problem ourselves, so we have to be careful because we're already working with certain people and we can't go... I think the public don't understand. I don't have to say any more than that. Bill, you um, actually, I want to talk to Chris. Chris, Bill mentioned yeah. today on the show that you've had shots fired uh, through your window at your flat. Can you tell us a little bit more about that and when all that happened? Uh, that happened back in the early 90s. Um, okay. That, that was as a result of uh, we were trying to press for a, uh, following the death and inquest of Carol Kazia, we were trying to press for a public inquiry uh, into the Elm guest house, particularly in relation to children from care homes being supplied there. And we had a situation with the NAPIC offices, which were then situated in Islington, where we actually had to stop seeing uh, victims and young people who were coming to us because you had armed special branch officers standing outside the doors of NAPIC, demanding to know who those kids were, what do you want, what are you doing here, threatening them, roughing them up, and that happened to me and myself on more than one or two occasions. I got a good hiding from Special Branch. But although we were uh, persevering with it, I did receive a number of threatening phone calls warning me to back off or else. And one evening I was down in my kitchen. Uh, I was living on my own then, thank God, and my family wasn't with me. I was preparing to dinner and three gunshots, three bullets through the window. Well, I dialed 999 uh, hour and a half later a single police officer turned up, uh, looked at me, said, uh, shots were fired or something, mate. He came down, had a look round me in my kitchen, went, oh, yeah, um, well, I'll get back to you with your crime reference number. Didn't even bother, bother taking the bullets. That's how seriously the police mm. took it. Can I, can, I, can I just say something? Can I just lighten it a little bit? Um, yeah, of If it's possible. With, uh, with William Hague, though. William Hague, now this guy's been going all over the world. He's given it large with Angelina Jolie and Brad Pitt and God knows who else. Yeah. Walking around, Charlie Big Potatoes, making, um, coming back with information that could mean life and death to people in different countries. And he says, I'm stepping out because I've got other things I want to do. I want to write books, and I want to play the piano. He wants to play the piano and write books, right bang in the middle of all this. And Kenneth Clark, he says he wants to spend a bit more time in the garden. Can I? Can I little, a little bit more, maybe a bit of time on the, um, I bet you're saying. No, can I, can I also take this opportunity to remind you, Lou, and your Exercise yard. Your, your, your listeners. The, we were talking about the North Wales care home abuse. Who was it mm -hmm. that set up the most infamous inquiry in the history of these inquiries, that obnoxious Waterhouse report? It was William Hague, the Welsh Secretary at the time. Who drew up the terms of reference for that inquiry? William Hague did. So you had Waterhouse turning around, say, telling the press, you're not allowed to report anything about any named paedophile in this inquiry. You can report about the victims, but you must not name these four, four paedophiles even if they're dead. And the man who drew up those terms of reference and established the inquiry was William Hague. Mm. And, and, forget that. Yeah, and, and one other thing I'd like to um, uh, uh, reiterate on is Jeffrey Dickinson, who, he's our hero, actually. Jeffrey Dickinson, he, he's one of our heroes. I know he's a bit right-wing and believed in the corporal punishment and all that, you know what I mean? Problem, yeah. He was brought up in uh, foster care himself. Yeah. But the man's dead. He handed over the file. But... As I say, there is some footage which is not being shown by any of the nationals that he is talking about satanic ritual abuse. Yeah. Now we're going into the depths of the, 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 you know, our queen is the head of the Church of England. Now, this country was built on religion. 
And we were told things. We were told about Jesus Christ. This is a Christian country. Well, it was. But whatever, what we were told about good and evil, these people, some of them that are still involved running this country, and many that were running this country, were practicing evil, ritual, whatever. Abuse. Abuse. Yeah. On children, yeah. there's evidence of Jimmy Savile doing it. We've got two young girls that have come forward saying that it was all robed up. I've got someone talking about uh, rituals going on on Jersey. There's, there's so much stuff out there. And, and, you know, the way the government, it's like just so snidey still. And people know what that word means. And it is the lowest thing. We've got 68 million people in this, this country, and I never felt for one moment since I have been aware of politics of one person that we have ever had is the man or the woman for the job. And we still have the fact that Jimmy Savile regularly went to see Margaret Thatcher Christmas at least 11 times. At least 11 times. There are allegations against Margaret Thatcher. There are allegations. Yeah. Chris, mm. do you want to reiterate on that or not? Well, not really, mate, other than to say it's amazing how how often the things come back to her, isn't it? Yeah. She was briefed about all this. She clearly knew what was going on. She clearly knew what certainly her senior ministers had been up to. And she agreed to cover up for them. Then, it, it? Can I just say, without, you know, I've been told by um, you know all my, all my different connections, including the police, there's as many paedophilic women as there are men. Oh, yeah. I yeah, think yeah, it's 50-50, yeah. actually, Bill. I yeah, think it's exactly. 50 So, you know, right. let's keep it on that. You know what I mean? So what women have we got? I've got to tell you, I mean, sloshy sloss, excuse me, maybe I'm just being a naughty boy, a bit of the street, but sloshy, sloshy sloss looks like the um, the child hunter in Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. And me, look, I don't know about you. My God, I didn't even think about that. Now you come no, to no, me. No, the first time I saw her... First, I was with some people. First time I saw her, someone went, is that Jimmy Savile's sister? Yeah, actually, yeah, there is. Yeah, somebody sent me how a picture. Dare she? How, how dare she? How dare she? That is, as far as I'm concerned, that woman is disgusting. How dare she? The secret family courts she works in, don't forget, Lou. The yeah. secret family courts. Jack Straw. Jack Straw. Yeah. Jack Straw made it illegal for any child in care that's being abused to put the story into the public eye. That was Jack Straw, and he was given the job of overhauling the sex offenders register, and his own brother William was on it for two counts. And we're going nicely back to the Blair and to the to the Brown and, and, and to all of them. But hang on, Bill, just in relation to that, you talk about secret family court. Go back to the 1980s when you had the family court issuing wardship orders and thousands of children were being taken into care. Well, I was just going to. This is an old... I mean, if you go back to, like, the medieval times, uh, wardships were a procedure whereby you protected the inheritance of children. And somebody thought, back in the 1970s, rather than go for all the palaver of having to apply to a juvenile magistrate, getting a care order and going through that, they would use wardship procedures. So it went from just a handful of children in the early 70s. By 1990, the majority of children coming into care were coming into care as wards of court. Now, Judge Butler Sloss, who was a member of the family court back then, uh, one particular case that springs to mind for me that, that, that really set it all in a nutshell. There was a girl in a children's home who was raped, yeah? The member of staff, another member of staff, called the police. When the police arrived, they were refused admission on the grounds that they needed the permission of a high court judge before they could interview the girl. It took four weeks for her to decide to call the police in. And as you and I and everybody else knows, any chance of getting any uh, forensic evidence, blood or whatever... Has disappeared after four weeks. All the bedding's been washed. She was one of these judges who did this, who allowed social services departments to hide behind them to cover up the abuse of children. That's what this woman did. 
That's why she's yeah. totally unsuitable to sit on any inquiry involving children. Yeah, I'll, I'll <laughs> <come> <laughs> 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 Not, Andrew, so, but can, can I just Bill, say something? Hang on, Lou. Listen, let me just say, right, on, on, the, angers, on the anger thing with, with Chris and I, we're two old boys now. He, he, he's a little bit older than me. Uh, and, I, and I've just about got a little bit more well, air than him. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, but we, we are victims. We, are, we were brought up in the institutions. We are victims. We are, we are victims. So, listeners, you please listen. And we are angry. And we are angry for most of our lives. And um, there are many victims out there that are not as fortunate as Chris and I. Um, I don't know. I think that what what keeps us stable, Chris, is is all the investigating yeah. and the work that we do. You know, yeah. because we we when I when I was in the care system, there was so much going on. There was so much going on between, um, it, especially in young offenders institution. You know, people that have seen the, seen the film Scum. You know, for kids to be raped, bullied, etc. You know. Well, tell you about. We had a meeting last night with. Um, kind of yes, I wanted to get onto that, but hang on. But before we go into that, um, Chris, I just want to ask you about Peter McKelvey. Um, I believe he was around the um, sort of like the Hereford area. Yeah. And uh, I believe he was working with children. And he was trying to expose Pi. He said about twenty years ago. Do you know of this man? And you know the things he's come out with. Can you confirm what he's saying is right? Apparently, he told okay. the police back in twenty twelve that seven boxes of the potential evidence about is it Peter Wrighton were being stored uh, by West Mercia police, and that they might contain evidence for further abuse by senior members of the establishment. Well, that's right. Yeah, he's absolutely right. And don't forget the um, Jennings report. Nobody has ever seen that. That relates to the same incident where they commissioned a report. The moment they saw the report, they thought, oh, my God, because what Jennings did was name all the people. He, he talked about the infiltration of PIE into the highest realms of the social work profession, uh, judges, law, even government itself. And they took one look at that report and ordered it to be destroyed. That's, you know, yeah, Peter's absolutely right in everything he says. And they suddenly found all these boxes. Of I believe it was in a garage in Leicester or something, wasn't it? Warehouse in I Leicester. Think so, yeah. I mean, I've got a big yeah. thing. He told the BBC for the last 30 years and longer than that, there have been a number of allegations made by survivors that people at the top of the very power institution in this country, which includes politicians, judges, senior military figures, and even people have links with the royal family, have been involved in the abuse of children. Yep, he, he, it's absolutely right in that respect, a hundred percent. And don't forget where Peter Wrighton came from. Peter Wrighton was a senior advisor to the National Children's Bureau. Now, the National Children's Bureau is probably it's one of the top policy-making bodies in this country. It, it's the body that uh, the Home Secretary and Home Affairs Select Committee would consult as a matter of course before bringing in any children's legislation. And he had a senior pie member right at the heart of policy making. And absolutely true. He was a, a senior consultant with the British Association of Social Workers. He sat on many professional bodies. He Who's this, Wrighton? Association, Director of Social Services. He did the lot. Wrighton. Okay. Writing, mm. yeah. Uh, so what about this meeting? Because um, Brian Garris will be joining us in a minute because I just want his input as well. Um, I want to talk about this meeting and then I want to just have a little chat about um, Jimmy Savile. We found a T-shirt um, with Jimmy Savile at a party with Esther Ranson with an NSPCC T-shirt on as well. Um, so I want to kind of go into that in a bit. But let's talk about first about this meeting that you guys had. Was it yesterday? Yeah, it, w it was last night. Um you, you said, a wonderful woman. Well, we, we, we can't pronounce her name, actually, but all we know is that the beginning of her name is Batman. <laughs> and it is, okay. it is Camilla Batman. Yeah. And Camilla is in um, independently. Um, she looks after 17,000 children. She in, runs Kids Company. Yeah, Kids Dam, isn't it? Kids Company. Is it Kids Company? Kids Company, yeah. Oh, right. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah so, um, but, but it's, um, she's working um, now on the abuse that's going on now amongst the youngsters, especially in gangs, you know, like there's a, 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 you'll get sort of um, 10 guys will have sex with a girl um, and it's done mainly through fear and respect and like um, a guy will have to um, sort of have sex 
initiation. He had his initiation ceremonies. I, I heard about a school in um, in Norwood um, a few years ago. Uh, someone came to me and said that the kids were having anal sex. Um, this is a secondary school. Anal sex, um, so that the girls can't get pregnant. You know what I mean? So it's like where we're going. Then we're going back to the pornography that's available to them. Mobile phones. They're sending uh, film, well, she, films of each other the, doing what they're doing. She was more. telling us that one of the latest things that's happening amongst street gangs now is um, what they'll do is um, grab hold of a 10, 11, 12-year-old girl at gunpoint, force her to undress and da- dance naked while they photograph it on their mobile phones. Yeah. And she's working with victims of this. And, and, and yes, you brilliant. know, the police seem to be doing very, very little. It seems to me she's doing a lot of work with runaways and street kids who seem to have been totally forgotten now. All, as she said to us last night, all kids have become these days is a commodity. And she's absolutely right. They're sold off by social services to the lowest bidder. And yeah. you've got all the big boys like G4S and all the rest of them moving in opening warehouses by the sea and just warehousing these kids. I mean, we're down, here in, down here in no. Devon, we've got Virgin Care looking after taking over the children's services down yeah. here in Devon. Uh, Virgin. Serco as well. Um, I think Serco is still running. Yeah, exactly. I think the point that Camilla was trying to make was when the kids run away from this, there is nothing still. There is nothing there. Nobody there to help them, to talk to them, to provide for them except groups like her and schemes like hers. There is, you know, there are still no safe houses. Well, when I, when I was talking to Camilla, um, I was talking to her about our idea of holding our own inquiry, and she's very, uh, very interested in becoming involved in it. Um, and I also put a lie detector um, possibility to her within our investigation, and um, she likes that as well. And we had a... In fact, she, had, offered, she actually offered to provide victim support for it, didn't she? Yeah, but, yeah she's offered quite a bit of stuff, so she, she, you know, she's strong on it. Um, so, you know, we're... Yeah, very we're, good. We're, very, we're, we're looking good. We're just trying to build our panel. Um, and... Um, just in front okay. Can I just bring Brian in? Can I just bring... We've lost you, Lou. I'd just like to bring Brian Garish on, if Vinny can get him on the line for it. I'd like to bring yeah. Brian Garish in now, if that's all right. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah. Can you hear me all right? Brian, are you there? And he's just connecting. Um, you, can you hear me all right? Because I've got a dodgy line here. Yeah, we can. You can hear us. Okay, we'll just wait for Brian to join us. Um, we were talking earlier. Brian, are you there? Yes, hello. Hello. Oh, Brian, how are you? Yeah, I'm fine. Good. Okay. Have um, you been sunbathing? <laughs> no, I haven't. I've just been uh, sat in a very hot a hot office and no sun, I'm afraid. Well, get some sun. It's good for your vitamin D because you know when we get older, our bones go dodgy. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm, I'm not old yet, Bill, so I don't have that problem. <laughs> <laughs> I just got. I just. We've been looking at all the historic cases going on, um, and we've we've touched on uh, Baroness Sloss briefly. Um, we've now just been talking about the Kids Co and the, the meeting that Bill and Chris Fay went to yesterday with Kids Co. Um, but I'd like to kind of start bringing in uh, NSPCC and Childline to all of this, um, and what the research that you guys at the column have been doing over many years into the NSPCC and into Childline and a lot of the other children's charities. Uh, well, from my point of view, I, I would say that I'm becoming highly suspicious of all the children's charities. I mean, uh, if, if I take just one action for children, uh, it's there. It advertises itself as a wonderful charity, helping children, looking after children, safeguarding children. But if you get the accounts, you're looking at a beast uh, with a turnover of £197 million. This is profit. This is not to do with looking after children. This is about profit. And then if we bring in um, NSPCC, uh, this is another charity which at the moment has got a status as almost being part of the government. It's consulted. It's brought into investigations. But if you start to say to yourself, well, is the NSPCC really independent? Well, of course, it's their not. social workers, Brian, have the same statutory powers as local authorities, those social workers. They are part of the establishment. Yes. The NSPCC so, are part of the establishment. Definitely. Yes. Oh, I agree. Yeah. 
and the, the, also, in, sorry, Brian, the, yeah. back in 1990, we looked at uh, the NSPCC accounts, and only 11% of their budget was ever spent directly on children's services. 11%. Where was it going? The rest of it was going on wages, and the biggest part chunk of their budget was going on advertising mm. for funding, for donations. Yeah. Leave it in your will to us. So we agree with you on that one as yeah, well, Brian. Absolutely. Yeah. And um well, child line, I just become, you know, very suspicious with that because the relationship's all too cozy, isn't it, between Esther Ranson and NSPCC. So uh child line gets subsumed into um NSPCC. Um Esther Ransom, we still haven't got to the bottom of her relationship with uh Savile. Uh, mm. We should trust her. Why should we trust her? And it seems to me that what um, Childline is doing, whether they know it or not, but they're a fishing net. So they trawl their way through society. Vulnerable children get in touch with them. And then if you follow what really happens to those children, they're pulled across into these totally unaccountable charities to be looked after. Yeah. But, Brian, you know, the thing is, if, if our government... Is strewn with. We've government is strewn with people that are abusing children. How can we trust them to improve child protection now when they've been abusing children for all these years? We're talking about some of the most powerful people, not just in this country, not just this in, in this parliament. We're talking about loads of governments. And the blackmailing thing is coming out again, Brian. We, you and I have spoken about this many times. Now, you know, it's the, word, it's the best blackmailing tool you can use against a politician, especially if you've got film. Now, everyone is talking about the files. There are films. There, Chris, the films. Yeah. Do you want to talk about no, the Leon Britton film? Go on. No, you talk about right. films. Uh, 1981, this is, this is the, uh, the, the uh, uh, customs officer. Uh, in fact, the Sunday Express have got the guy on tape admitting, A, he saw the tape, there were ch uh, young boys being sexually abused on that tape, and the guy in it was Liam Britton, who was then Chief Secretary to the Treasury. That was in 1982 they had that tape. There were a number of other tapes they had, and we believe that a couple of the 8mm tapes that were seized off him were possibly child snap movies. That's how far back the government and the establishment knew about the organised abuse of children, not just for sex, but for films and for snuff movies. Yeah. This is not something that's just happened in the last few years. This has been going on for decades. We've also had Patrick Rock recently in the Post, who is um, a uh, close confidant of, um, of, um, of David Cameron's. He had a, uh, an office at number 10. Um, he was remarkably let out on bail before his trial, uh, while we have the likes of Robert Green, who is under house arrest, Brian. Um, yeah. And there, I believe that there is a petition going up for Robert Green to be on a panel um, for, you know, for, for this inquiry. Um, Brian, what are your thoughts on this? Well, uh, just take the point about the um, about the politicians. Of course, we can't get a proper inquiry driven by politicians who who are infiltrated um, by paedophiles. This is common sense, isn't it? You can't trust these people. They've either been involved in the game or they've been covering up for their mates. These are not people to be to put in charge of any investigation. And what we should be doing is um, bringing the spotlight back to ordinary people. The, if we just take the court system at the moment, the government is desperate to get courts run by single judges who can simply make the law up in their courts. Nobody's going to challenge them. The government doesn't want juries, and the reason they don't want juries is because although we, we can read stuff in the mainstream press suggesting that maybe some people aren't bright enough to be on a jury, the reality is that you put ordinary people on a jury and they're pretty, um, well, pretty good. They're really good at sussing out uh, what the truth is and who the bad ones are. So we yeah. need some form of jury system to be looking into this, uh, into this child abuse. And we would actually um, propose 
that um, the grand juries were reinstated, uh, which, of course, were quietly dispensed with by the government in order to bring in this this corrupt judge-orientated system. So, yeah, that's my comment. We absolutely can't trust the British government. It is a criminal criminal paedophile government. Um, It's like putting the uh, fox in charge of the hen house. We need to bring this back into the public domain and to get ordinary people sat in judgment. That's the idea, Brian, of yeah. um, doing our own inquiry, we, we, our own uh, panel, so that we can um, we, we can do it ourselves and have victims involved as well. I don't know if you've been listening to the show, but we're talking about bringing the lie detector test in for victims and for perpetrators. They will be offered it as well. Um, it's been used in America for 25 years, so I don't, I don't know if you heard the... the uh, you know the facts. What we were talking about, Jeremy Kyle, etc. I've talked to you about it before. So we want that involved in it. So we're already in this panel that is being built, put together. We are already given um, the choice of giving our ideas over. And um, you know there are victims and survivors out there that need to be listened to. This inquiry that we're going to do is going to be for victims and survivors. That is it. We're not worried about uh, the, 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 the bad or good name of this country or the perpetrators. We, we, are, we, are, we are on our way, Brian. You can, you can hear the charge, can't you? Yes. It, it's, it's quite amazing how you can sense that it's the hunt is on. And I've been really interested to see how people who've got different objectives in other other areas, different interests, but you get talking to them about the paedophiles in government and all of a sudden, you know, the rivalries get dropped and people are starting to work together, which is what we really need. That's what we need. Brian, how do you feel about the um, the reshuffle? Do you believe that it's because of the child abuse allegations and they're trying to get rid of them? Oh, yeah, I, I, I'm convinced of that. There's an air of panic. Um, Cameron, you've only got to look at him, pictures of him at the moment. He's looking drawn and haggard. Somehow, I think he's had Botox on his head. <laughs> yeah, somehow he's trying, <laughs> to, he's trying to um, do a publicity exercise. Trust me, trust the people around me. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I, I think this has really put them under pressure. But the one who interests me the most is the move of uh, dear Mr. Go from uh, education across to... Um, Chief Whip, because well, don't forget, but Gove's um, praises are being sung for what he's done with education. But four years ago, when I was ejected from Question Time for asking um, the panel what are they going to do about institutional paedophile rings operating in this country now, Gove was on that panel, so was Farage, so was Chakrabarti, and so was Ed Miliband. That was four years ago I asked that, and it was nearly four years ago that I started doorstepping all these members of Parliament. Um, you, you know, I, I don't have to say who I've done. I've done all of them. The last one was Clegg. That was their killer blow. That was their killer blow. Now, you know, I'll tell you what, you listeners, get out there and doorstep them. Get yourself a camera, two-handed, one work the camera, and the other one, ask the questions. Nice and clear. And polite. And polite. Yeah. Don't do what I do. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. That, that's what we need. Uh, well, I, I, t- I totally agree with that, Bill. Just just to finish on Michael Gove, we, we've already had, I'm afraid I can't remember the guy's name, but he, he was there in a BBC clip saying that as a whip, when people, Conservative MPs, came to him with problems, they got themselves into trouble, they'd had a bit too much drink, uh, there'd have been an incident with small boys, uh, we helped them through it, because once we'd done that, uh, they owed us and they would do anything we wanted. Blackmail. So yeah. I think that, that Gove has been brought across uh, because he knows all the dirt. He's been much too close to it. And his job oh. is to make sure that the, the residue of the uh, Tory camp do as they do as they're yeah, told. Another safe pair of hands, isn't he? Safe pair of hands. Another safe pair of hands. But the, the other thing, Brian, is the thing that's really, you know, people mustn't forget is with Jimmy yeah. Savile and the immense power he had. Eleven Christmases, as, as far as we know, possibly more, with Margaret Thatcher. He, he was updating her 
you know, we, we know we know exactly what was going on. Thatcher was given the information. There is evidence of that. Um, you know, so why? For God's sake, you know, the, the little things, you know, Brian, when I make, um, when I do my films, I try, it's the little things, you know, like the statues in, in Sunsea and Satan, the statues, you know, the pedophilic statues. It's the, it's the small things. Um, and, uh, it was, I was just talking about Chris Rock, who's going to go off with the small you things. Trust me. We've only got we've only we've only got five minutes left, and I just want to because it's, um, Vinny's broadcasting. Vinny's over in Ireland, and Vinny's just said, "Have we found any um, information coming at, I, from Ireland? Is there any Irish connections? Our kids were kids back then. Chris, you may be able to answer. Were there any kids being brought over from Ireland? I mean, we know about." Um, we know about um, the Magdalene, uh, the Magdalene homes, uh, where the young girls used to go um, into the care homes there and have their children taken off them. Is there any connection to Ireland that we've seen through well, you know, through the uh, documentation that you've seen? Yeah, I, uh, yeah, but I think uh, you know you've got to look at Ireland's history. I don't, do we need it? Do we need it? You've only, you've only got to look at it. Look, you know the, the inquiries that have gone on. You know. It, it, it's um, it, it's shocking. It's shocking in Ireland, and 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 it's still deeper. It's still deeper. You know, it's uh, um, Elm Guesthouse, Leon Britton, Home Secretary, Gary Stevens, member of the IRA. Yeah, but I, I, in the same place, Chris. Yeah, I, I was just going to, to go on to say that um, uh, I don't know about being brought over to the UK, but certainly there was a lot of evidence uh, in the Kinkora scandal in Northern Ireland, that children from Catholic children's homes south of the border were being brought to the north. Mm. Uh, and that's not just uh, allegations from Sinn Féin IRA who were saying that. That came from people like Colin Wallace, Robin Bryans, even Paul Foote, I think, mentions it in one of his books. You know, there was very definitely, uh, you had not just the British establishment there, but you had MI5, MI6 practically acting like pimps for both sides in Northern Ireland. I mean, that was the real scandal over yeah, I there. Think Bill, has never been yeah. got to the bottom of. Bill, you mentioned the other day while the bombs were going off in, in, in London back in the 80s that people from Sinn Féin were actually um, at some of the parties. On, I think you mentioned well, that a couple well, of weeks Sinn, ago. Sinn, Sinn, Féin, Sinn Féin is, um, is, is a party, but we're, we're, not, we're talking about IRA as well. He's a member yeah, of Sinn Féin. Right. He, was, he was a member of Sinn Féin, but he was also yeah. a member of the IRA. Um, is got, that right, Chris? You, yeah, you've got to ask a question. In 1982... With bombs going off all around London, and I remember it well, you know, bombs mm. were exploding in bins outside McDonald's in Oxford Street. Mm. The uh, uh, Canary Wharf was being blown to bits. And we're expected to believe that you have a senior official of Sinn Féin, which is the political wing of the IRA, was staying at a, a, a gay guest house in Barnes. Film guest And nobody knew about this because I know personally, Carol Kazir told me, Two things about Gary Walker. Gary Walker warned her the day before the raid that the raid was going to happen. And the other thing he offered to do for her was to get false um, birth certificates and passports for her and her children and get them over to America. So Special Branch must have known this guy was there. It's unbelievable that they couldn't. You know, right at the height of one of the worst terrorism periods in our history and and i, I found out um uh, recently that on the night of the the bombing uh, in um the hotel right. the grand hotel in brighton, grand brighton uh, yeah. yeah well someone in i think it's i believe it's in the um the again the sunday mirror article that, that, that a, me a member of parliament said um it's a good job it didn't happen the night before because there would have been rent boys raining through the ceilings the night before Brian, any comments? Well, I've got a simple answer to yeah. this. Is um, I'll just um, just talk about the military. But basically, um, I, I joined the Navy in 1972. In 1972, the moment you were going to come in contact with any form of classified material, you you got a personal vetting. Your background was checked. Did you drink too much? Had you been involved with drugs? Were you a womanizer? Um, they really looked into your background, and if you got to higher classification material, they really went into your background. They talked to family, they talked to friends, they talked to people um, who you worked for. Their job 
was to check you out. So for anybody to say that the security services did not know what the uh, um, prime minister was getting up to or senior uh, ministers, this is absolute nonsense. It was their job to know. So what we then yep. got to say is, why were they happy? If if I'd have been involved in, well, if I'd have been involved in drugs in the navy, you would have got kicked out, right? So why is it that these politicians were allowed to continue their dirty games? There is only one answer, and that is so that they could be blackmailed and controlled to do the bidding of other people. And something I find very significant is that uh, Jimmy Savile had a trip back to Israel where he addressed the Knesset and uh, he was commenting on uh, the situation in UK. So I'm going to say it's remarkable uh, that this man was able to get close to the Queen, he was close to politicians, he was close to everybody. And um, who was he collecting information for? What was his job? I think his job was to make sure he ensnared as many people as possible so that you could utterly control the British Parliament. And I think that Mm. is the situation today. And it is no coincidence for me that David Cameron and Miliband and Gove and many of these other people constantly talk of their loyalty to Israel rather than their loyalty to Britain. There's something very dark and dirty at work here. Yeah, Yeah, what are your Uh, thoughts? Well, uh, you know, what, what Brian says, you know, it's, it's like what's happening in Israel at the moment. You know, let's not forget, yeah. I think we, we, when we started this, um, this conversation, we were talking about Jimmy Savile being taken to Israel begging, um, um, the Israeli president at the time. He wanted him out there to talk to the cabinet. Now, come on, it's, you know, it doesn't take a lot of working out. This Jimmy Savile was very, very powerful, and I would, I reiterate again on the guy who handed over the folders, he is talking about satanic abuse. Satanic abuse. Now, I remember telling, uh, passing some information to Brian quite a few years ago when we first met, and I said to him, it was about four years ago actually, and I said, Brian, did you know like a couple of years ago they made it legal to practice Satanism in Her Majesty's Royal Navy? And Brian hadn't heard it. Then he checked it out, and then he was just shocked as I was, probably even more shocked than I was, because we know all about the, you, you can't be practicing Satanism. On a, they are so superstitious. What on earth was going on there? Now, where I, what I believe in Satanism is, I believe there's a big arrogance in it, and they slip up every now and again. So, I don't know. What do you think of that one, Brian? Well, it, it's, it's obvious, uh, Bill, that there's a, there's a massive attack on Christianity at the moment. Um, yeah. You can see it coming in everywhere. And what are we seeing in its place? Uh, we are basically seeing the law, if we just take the law, is saying anything goes. You can have sex mm. with anything, it doesn't matter. We know that they are moving now from um, uh, the gay lesbian scene is moving towards making paedophilia normal. And if you say, what is this? There is only one thing you can describe it as, and that is satanic. Yeah. And it, it's uh, coming in extremely quickly. Louise has been talking about the perverse artwork. We've been talking about the over-sexualization of children. And in fact, while I was waiting to uh, join you guys, I was looking at an e- email which a lady called Cornelia O'Leary uh, sent me from America where she's given me four YouTube clips of CBBS TV. And in the analysis in these little clips, the whole thing is sex, sexualizing children. There's no ifs or buts. They are cartoon films designed to sexualize young children. But can I just read something? I have a rather special book in front of me. Um, and basically, this is a study of children and youth in America And this is the quote, January the 31st, 1620, whereas we are informed that the city of London hath, by an act of the Common Council, appointed 100 children out of the multitudes that swarm in that place to be sent to Virginia, there to be bound apprentices for certain years and with very beneficial conditions for them afterwards. This was... Uh, a decision that was was made in the Privy Council and the City of London Common Council 
where children, poor children, were to be rounded up and sent to the colonies. And this was the spiriting away of children. They were treated as chattel. Many of them, if they survived the journey, got there with no proper clothes. And, of course, many of them were absolutely abused as slaves uh, to the wealthy people in the colonies. So this isn't new, what we're seeing. Um, we are seeing very cold, callous, wealthy people treating our children as if they're just chattel. Well, I, I, I would just like to add one more thing, I think, to that. Uh, people are talking about the Jeffrey Dickens dossier, but there was also, I think, every, all of us of a certain age remember uh, Barbara Castle, MP, mm. and people forget that in 1983, uh, she handed a file in respect of Lord Carrington's involvement, not just because it's, the international trafficking of children doesn't happen of its own. It's very much tied into the international trafficking in arms and the international trafficking of judge, uh, the drugs. But uh, she handed a file to the editor of, the, of a Berry newspaper, and Special Branch raided their newspaper's office, uh, slapped him with a D notice, and seized all the files from the editor of the, I think it's the Barry Echo. Now, the point that was made by the journalist was the fact that it tied Carrington, not just into the trafficking of children, but the trafficking of drugs. And the whole of the international, particularly heroin, coming out of Afghanistan, and why America should not be supporting as it was then, the Mujahideen trying to get rid of the Russians. So there is very much, and you're right, it's a very much an international element to these things that does need to be exposed. It goes way beyond the mm. British government. Yeah. Well, I, I believe that at, at the moment, I believe that every government in the world is watching this in this country because they, they want to see how the politicians are going to get out of this because they, they are all going to need a format soon because other countries are going to start saying it didn't just happen in England, didn't just happen in Scotland, didn't just happen in Wales, yeah. didn't just happen in Ireland. Then let Germany start looking. Let all of them start looking. All of them. And as you can hear, Chris is well on to the trafficking of children, past and present, um, but especially the making of snuff movies, which we believe are now still being made in abundance, in abundance of children. High well, definition handheld camera film. Exactly. So it's so easy now. You know. Well, Bill, what do people, we, we're running out of time now. Um, Brindley's let us carry on, but I think we should give him his airways back in, in say, in the next sort of seven minutes. Um, what yeah. shall people do? I mean, people should really be in total uproar and be out on the streets going absolutely crazy. There is a demonstration going on this Friday, organised by a 71-year-old grandmother um, called Brenda. Parliament. <laughs> um, an amazing, incredible woman. What can the what should what should what do you what would you like to see happening now, Bill and Chris? Um, well, as far as the general public is concerned, you know, the general public will do what the general public will do now, because I believe that the masses will soon be involved, and you cannot control the masses. They are going to become very, very angry when they start realising how they have been hoodwinked, hoodwinked in this so-called democracy in this country. You know, and if I, you know, it, it, like I, that's what I was talking about when I was, I want to go back on the little things I was talking about. When Margaret Thatcher came in, uh, in government, she stopped the milk. Now you tell me anyone who can still call themselves a mother that will stop children's milk. You tell me how, how can they call themselves a caring mother? We must remember the maternal instinct. That, that was just one small thing. Now what I want to happen is I want the lie detector test all in to anyone who is going to be a member of parliament or anyone who is going to be in charge of this country. Yep. That's what I want. And I want a clean government. Not just, I want a clean government right through. Those that have been exposed will, are going to be exposed, will be exposed, and there are many, many, and this will go on for many years. Because like I've said in the past, is the establishment's biggest weapon against things like this is time. If you look at the bloody Sunday Inquiry, Hillsborough, etc., etc., etc. So I just want 
clean people within our government that love children and really care about them. Because until we get that right, that the children, we, 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 then we've got half a chance. Because victims of child abuse grow up to be very, very angry people. And even uh, people, you know, myself and Chris, uh, uh, as victims, are pretty well balanced. We still have our moments. You still nut the wall now and again, Chris. I don't like, I occasionally get angry, but it, it's one thing I'd like people to do more than anything else. It's something they can do, yeah. which is to get behind this new drive to get this people's panel established. Let's do our own inquiry. Agreed. Let's make it broad as we want to, but free of the establishment, free of judges, free of government. We want clean hands, not safe hands on this, and yeah. that has to be us, and, and I hope Everybody listening will get behind our call to help get this panel set up. And I would appeal to, if we do get it, to anybody who's got any information, no matter how small they may think it is, when, it, when, when they're asked to come forward, please come forward. Because this time you will be listened to because we're running the inquiry, not them. And, and, and uh, witnesses can get in touch with me, um, um, Bill Maloney at Prime Mesh. Uh, sorry, Bill at PineMeshFilms.com. That's Bill at PineMeshFilms.com. Do you want to give yours out? No, it's just you'll do for me. I'll there you go. All right, then. Yeah. I've got the red dot on mine now. Yeah. <laughs> well, what about you? What, what, what do you want to see happen? Uh, well, the, the thing I would like to see happen very quickly is political parties banned. I believe that the only people uh, for Westminster should be ordinary men and women who must remain individuals. Because you see, the moment people get in parties, they get controlled by a few people, they bring the whips in, and this is where the problems start. I believe it should be a criminal offence for any member of parliament to form a party, form a common purpose, I'm using that as a criminal intent, to form common purpose with anybody else. Um, if you keep people um, separate and keep them away from these party structures, I think you're well on the way to sorting out the dirt that we've got in the, in the Conservative, Labour and Lib Dem parties at the moment. And I've got one more thing, though. No, just one more, quick, one, one more line. God bless all victims and survivors. Love yous. All right, love you, Bill. Thanks, Bill. Thanks, Chris Fay. And uh, we'll do this again soon. Bye, everyone. Bye, Brian. Bye, bye, bye. bye Brian. Bye, thanks a lot. Thanks a lot. I know we've got the show to get on with for tomorrow, and you're busy enough. But thanks for coming on tonight. And uh, Vinny, thanks a lot for um, putting up with us on your airways and, and taking over for that hour and 15 minutes. So, um, and thanks, everyone, for listening. And please share the show when it comes out. And um, anybody who is around London on Friday and can go and support Brenda, a uh, little rally, peaceful rally, handing out leaflets, talking to the public. They will be meeting at Nelson's Column around 10.30 and then in Parliament, outside Parliament at 11 o'clock. So um, thanks very much for having me, Vinny, and uh, thanks no to problem. Brian and Bill Maloney and Chris Fay. Cheers, guys. You're more than welcome. Thanks, Lou. Thanks, Brian. Thank you, Chris, Cheers. and thank you, um, Bill. And just to let everybody know who's listening, I'm going to repeat that show straight away. So uh, if you're listening and if you missed the start of the show, just hang on, and I'm going to do a repeat. The podcast will be, will be uh, put up as soon as possible and uh, it will be available from Lou's SoundCloud and I believe uh, UK Column will have some uh, video Mixed footage cloud. for tomorrow. Mixcloud. Mixcloud, pardon me. Sorry, Sorry. Lou. Mixcloud, yep. And it will be on the column. Thanks, Vin. Thanks Cheers, guys. Much. Thank Bye. you.